Hey, Alyssa, I saw a cool video of you online and it, you were being interviewed by steeplechase world champion, Emma Coburn. What was that all about? Haley, well, our sponsor, Noon Hydration, has created a community of fierce female athletes who believe in each other and believe in the value of movement to change lives. And I got to be a part of that with Emma Coburn in the first episode on Nunes TV. And if people want to watch that, they can go to nunes.noonlife.com to watch that video. It's definitely worth checking out, but I saw some something else online about the Noon S Award. What is that? Well, Noon is offering a $2,500 cash stipend to a Noon S chasing her athletic dreams. The stipend will be awarded to a female applicant who will best make use of the funds to overcome a barrier in between her and her athletic goals. Haley, this could be anything from like needing some extra cash to be able to pay grocery bills while you're, you know, pursuing your dreams, or maybe you need to pay for some extra daycare hours so you can get in a little bit more training in the week, anything like that. You just need to be a female athlete in the U S and Canada, but your level of competition doesn't matter. And if you want to apply for the award or nominate someone else for the award, you can go to nunes.noonlife.com forward slash award. Most of the male runners figured if any woman wants to run 26 miles in a driving rain, let her run. But veteran Boston trainer Jock Semple thought the whole thing was silly. No, there's enough competition for women. What the heck? Why do they want to tackle the, the, the toughest thing in the world? It's just the women and their stubbornness just want to do something that they're not supposed to do. That's all there is to it. You know that. You're married. That was 50 years ago. In the time since, women have made remarkable progress towards equality in sport. Today, 40% of all athletes are women, and yet women still receive less than 4% of media coverage. The Iron Woman podcast wants to help change that. We interview female professional athletes and other remarkable women making breakthroughs in endurance, sport, and research. So that when I grow up, I will have heroes. I'm Alyssa Gadeski. I'm Haley Chura. And I'm Rosalie. And you're listening to the Iron Women podcast. Earlier this year, our sponsor, Wahoo Fitness, did a huge giveaway here on the podcast. We caught up with Jen Matro, who won the Element Bolt bike computer. Jen, it's been a few months since you won our Wahoo Fitness sweepstakes. How has life been since you became a Wahooligan? Alyssa, is it weird to say that I love my bike computer? The Element Bolt does it all. I can see any metric I need, power, distance, cadence, but I have to say that my absolute favorite feature is how you can enter a destination into the phone app and it will instantly create a route to guide you there with the Bolt. I used that a lot in Nice when I was there for the 70.3 World Championships. Thanks, Jen. We love hearing your feedback. If any of our listeners want to give the bike trainers, bike computers, and heart rate monitors that make up the Wahoo Fitness ecosystem of products a try, head to wahoofitness.com. Okay, Alyssa, imagine you're stranded on a deserted island and you have to pick one thing to drink for the rest of your life. What would you choose? Haley, I think I'd have to go with Noon Sport watermelon flavor. Nice choice. Personally, I'd opt for the Noon Endurance lemon lime flavor because in my deserted island fantasy, I'm still getting in regular 90 minute workouts. That sounds totally reasonable. The good news is that all Noon Hydration products are made with clean, quality ingredients that are good for your body and the planet. 
So if you ever find yourself on a deserted island, or maybe just in the middle of a really long training day, you'll be thankful that Iron Women podcast listeners get 30% off all noon hydration purchases by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. And now, the ladies you've been waiting for, Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. Bye for now. Alyssa, this is an exciting week because this week we are celebrating all things Ironman World Championships in Kona. This is our Kona preview show, and you are headed to Kona this year. So, so tell me, like, what are your travel plans? What are you going to be doing on the Big Island? Are you excited? Haley, I'm always very excited to be going to the Big Island. You start seeing pictures from people who are over there, and it just, it's like one of those places that you just can't get enough of. So I am, I'm headed out there this weekend. Um, well, actually, no, I'm not. So I did change things up a little bit. Um, I'm actually headed to Kona via San Diego. So first I am stopping over and seeing my coach, Hillary Biscay, seeing my goddaughter, Madison, and it's her third birthday party on Saturday. So Auntie Alyssa is flying in for that. And Hillary and I coach together and the Hillary's camp this year um, is actually going to be in San Diego. And so I need to get out there and kind of, you know, go through some of that new stuff that we'll have with her there. But then that's only for a few days because next Tuesday, then I'm headed over to the big Island and I will be, I'm ready already to be like eating my acai bowl and doing my morning running on Ali'i drive and ready to feel, although it's like really hot and humid here. So it's kind of felt like Kona in Virginia for quite a while, but maybe that's really great for anyone in the like DC, Maryland, Virginia area who is racing over there. You guys are, are primed and ready. Uh, you mentioned that, that it's super hot in Virginia where you are right now. So you're, you're acclimated, you're ready, you're ready to cheer and to coach. Since you are a Kona veteran, you've been there so many times, both as an athlete, as a coach, like, are there, is there anything new that you can't wait to do? Or are there any old favorites? Like you mentioned acai, where do you get your acai? I, I go to basic, which is next to like, it's in front of Huggos and, I, I just, because that's where I got my first one when Hillary probably took me there years ago when I went for the first time. So that's like always what I have gone and where I have gone for my acai bowls. But there is like some other new stuff. I know a couple of years ago I got to go and I did the Captain Cook hike. You can actually hike down and then you can swim down there. It's super cool. There's a lot of like fish. There's a monument for people. If you're into history, uh, you can learn all about Captain Cook and then you hike out, which is actually not like an easy hike. But Haley, this year I am planning, um, actually with Emily Cox, listeners will, will know who Emily is and I'm, I'm bringing Emily along on this trail run. I have wanted to do for so long. I can't remember the name of the trail that it is. So, but I'll have that for listeners in the next couple of weeks and I'll, I'll tell you guys all about it. It's supposed to be pretty fun. So I'm excited to test out. I haven't really run much of the trails over there. So it's always been Ironman focused. So something new is going to happen for sure. 
That sounds like fun. And do you have any like spectator tips for, for race day? I mean, it's not the easiest course to spectate. It's, you know, one loop on the bike, one loop swim, kind of a, I mean, the run, you can spectate a little bit, but it's not the friendliest spectator course. Do you have any tips for someone who might be going first time spectator? What would you say that you should do or not do? It depends a lot if you plan on moving. So I move a lot with the race. I actually head out like so I park strategically up Polani so that I can watch the swim start, head over to Hot Corner, watch everyone come through on the bike. And then as soon as, you know, my last athletes coming out and onto the Queen K on the bike, I book it to the car and head out on the bike course to be able to watch because there is it's a long way to get out there. But you you can make it usually in time if you know what you're doing because you're driving back roads, right? You're not driving on the bike course because the bike course is technically closed to cars. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to drive the back back roads out there, which is not the direct way. But if you know what you're doing and you kind of pedal to the metal a little bit at times, you can definitely make it. And then you can make it back into town to be able to kind of drop your car, jog out onto the run course. And then in previous years, I've always either had my own bike there or I have purchased a bike out there from the the Target or the Walmart to be able to like leapfrog around on the run course. I think right now I'm getting in a lot of run miles, so I'm probably just going to hoof it around on foot through the whole day. Um, and the, you know, the biggest thing I would say is to take care of yourself. Like if you're a spectator, always have snacks and hydration. This is like a major, major thing for the conditions that you will be like, yes, it's hot to be racing there, but it's also hot to be standing there on your feet for, you know, 10, 14, 17 hours as well. So take care of yourself, have a plan for fueling. If you are spectating It's and hydrating, it's very important. Like a tube of noon hydration should be with you at all times. Amen to that, but good luck to you in all of your travels. And I can't wait to follow your, your Kona adventures. Thanks Haley. I will definitely be keeping everyone updated and you know, I guess if anyone doesn't want to be around the Kona heat or be seeing that, I I think it snowed where you are. So maybe people can just like watch what you're doing for like the other end of the spectrum. That is true. This is not ideal Kona weather here in Bozeman right now. We did. We got snow this past week. So, so we got snow in September, which isn't unheard of, but it is a little unusual. And Alyssa, I was a little nervous watching the news leading into this one because it was like, historic snowfalls is like that was like the news headlines and that is not what you want to be seeing in September um I don't want any kind of historic snow but luckily Bozeman didn't get hit as hard and I still got out and ran in it and the roads are clear and I think it's actually supposed to warm up into like the 50s over the next couple days which is pretty warm here so it's not too terrible I mean it's not official it's still fall kind of and you know who loves it cowboy dogs love snow i mean he could sit out there all day hanging out in the snow if i would let him and he is just so happy and that honestly makes me kind of happy so don't feel too sorry for me you'll you'll be out there on that run course in kona and wish most people i'm sure will be wishing they were here that's true that's true and cowboys aptly dressed for snow at all times which i think is makes him like eager to eager to be out in it when if you had a body of fur like that you would love snow all the time too I think 
Well, Haley, we have a couple mailbag questions that came in. And for our listeners, you can always write us at ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And the first one is from our wonderful podcast editor, Aaron Hamilton. And Aaron wanted to, was listening to all of the chatter about 70.3 world championships in Nice, France, and how technical the bike course is with the big climb, big descent, that kind of thing. And she was just curious for us about how the pros decide what bike to ride if we would, you know, assess a course and then pick either tri bike or road bike on that. Haley, what's your take? So there was a little bit of talk leading into 70.3 worlds on tri bike versus road bike, which isn't usually a question on most triathlon courses. Cause most of the time, I mean, all the benefits of a time trial bike, a tri bike heavily outweigh a road bike just in a non-draft race that is typically few turns fairly flat the aerodynamics of a tri bike are significantly better than a road bike that said the winner of the men's race in nice did ride a road bike uh gustav Iden from norway he is 23 years old an itu athlete i'm assuming he trains all the time on his road bike think I read something that he doesn't even have a time trial bike or didn't have a, you know, a, a good time trial bike. So it might've just been one of those things where that's what he has. So I don't think you can get too caught up in, you know, equipment. I think, or I think you can get too caught up in equipment and you could spend so much time second guessing yourself that any decision you make is probably bad versus if you believe in what you have and you believe that that's the best that it's going to be, um, put you in the best situation, then no matter what equipment you have, you're probably in a good spot. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that you have to look at what other people are doing. I think it's probably a conversation you have to have with your coach, taking into account what you own, what you're most comfortable on, what you train on the most and make a decision and stick with it. I agree with all of the above. I think I would have to, I only ride my tri bike because I own a tri bike and I own a gravel bike. So racing the gravel bike would definitely not win me any races. I can tell you unless, I mean, if I found a gravel triathlon potentially, but you know, it would have to be like a, even if I had a road bike option, I feel like it would have to be an all uphill only really pretty hard climb to convince me otherwise, just because I think the speed and aerodynamics and like the time savings you gain, even from just short downhills at a time, that kind of thing, like it does add up. So, and I rode a a time trial bike and I, I would not have changed that having ridden the course, having raced on that course. I do spend all my time basically on my TT bike and to be perfectly honest, Alyssa, I'm a better descender on the TT bike than I am on the road bike just because I spend more time on it and I'm more comfortable on it. So yeah, it would take a very, very unique situation for me to ride a road bike in a race. Haley, our second mailbag question of the day comes in and it's from a listener who finished off her tri season with what she calls an underwhelming 70.3 performance. It was her a race of the year and she had big goals and She was 10th in her age group, which is, you know, she said was decently well, but it wasn't the result that she was shooting for and that she knows she's capable of. And so when she tells anyone, her coach included, that she's disappointed, they seem very perplexed as to why she's not happier with the race. There were certainly strong parts and she's proud of those, but she's frustrated at being told like how she should feel about her her day. So She wants to know if we have experienced this as athletes and how to handle the well-meaning praise when you fall short of your goals. This is a great question. 
It is a great question. And, and my answer to her first part is absolutely. I've definitely felt, you know, disappointed with certain races and, in my experience, you know, my life experience in this race and in other races, I would say it's not something, I mean, I think that you have to come from a place of gratitude and realizing how, what a great opportunity it is to be on a start line and to be in a race. And then, so who you express that disappointment to does matter. I think of one very important part is to not express it to your competitors because I've been on the other side of that when someone beat me in a race and they turn around and they're like, that was my worst race ever. And, and that doesn't make anyone feel good, <laughs> you know? And so I would just say, you know, your competitors probably aren't the right person. Your family might not be the right person. I do think it's a good conversation to have with your coach. And I, I think she said that, but I think you can, you know, kind of have a, a good conversation with your coach about why you're disappointed. Are you usually unhappy with your performances? What would have made you feel better? Is it, you know, a different time, a different place, a different feeling of effort of perceived exertion? Did you know you left something out there? Is there something you should be training, you know, doing in training to help you tap into that, um, reserve was your performance drastically different than what you've seen in training. And that's, you know, going back and forth with your coach. And again, you can go back and say, you know, we've had this conversation before, but I, I want to dig a little deeper, you know, can we do that? And your coach is going to know what your training was like, what your usual racing is like, and can help you figure out, you know, where this disappointment is coming from. And then my final point is that in hindsight, most of the time on those races where initially I'm disappointed, I realize it really wasn't as bad as I think it was. And some of my honestly most disappointing in the moment performances now are some of my favorites because I have taken a step back. I looked at the life situation I was in. I looked at, you know, just, I have this, you know, this gift of hindsight. And I'm like really proud of that, that girl who got on that start line, who found that finish line, even if it wasn't the perfect race, it was actually a much better race than I thought. Those are all really great points. And I think my input here would be just to re really remember, like you said, with your competitors, the context of who you're talking to about it. You know, I think for a lot of people, 10th place would be an, a result that they would only dream of. Right. And so you don't want to have to, you know, say it was a disappointing result when I think a lot of people would have loved to have that result. And I think it's not a bad thing to, you know, remember that and to, to be able to celebrate that with people who, who do think that's like the best, you know, result that you could have had. I think your point to really maybe circling back with your coach and having that conversation with them again is, is a really good one. I think hopefully, uh, they can maybe just explain for you a little bit more about why they feel it was a really strong performance for you. I think, you know, in my experience from a coaching perspective, you often see athletes who do know what their potential could be, right? Like maybe you see that potential in training and stuff, but it just takes time. And with triathlon, it's three sports. So it can take a lot of time to have those days where it all comes together and it probably won't happen in, you know, a season or two. And so your coach might have the experience of seeing what you did and realizing that that incremental gain that you made this season, right. Is, is actually quite huge, even though it doesn't feel like you're where, you know, you can be, they might be seeing you like 
you know, they might have been seeing that step as like a very big breakthrough for you based on like how athletes typically progress. So maybe they can explain that to you. And I think just being a little bit introspective with it and double checking yourself to make sure, are you always happy with your results? Are you always sad with your results? Um, if it's the latter, then there might be some more digging to do there too. And so that could be worth exploring on your own as well. So hopefully we helped you with this question. I think that was a good one. Haley and I, we had to, um, we had to really think on this one for a little bit. I enjoyed it. Yeah, both great questions. So thank you again for sending in your questions. And if anyone listening has a question, our mailbag is ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. But in the meantime, we do have a message straight from the big island about an exciting new race week collaboration between our own Sarah Gross and Fitter Radio's Bevan McKinnon. So here I am standing here with Sierra Gross from Live Feisty. We're standing on the pier in Kona. Yes, on the pier right here in the beautiful rain. In, in the rain, which was the Sunday, Saturday afternoon, Monday afternoon, Tuesday. I don't know it's what. It's Tuesday, Bevan. It's Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Around about a year ago, you and I sat down and said, Kona needs a, a daily news show. True? We did. Yes, we did. And I thought it was a brilliant idea myself. I think you said it to me. I'm not claiming it. Is it my idea? It's your idea. We can say that officially? Okay. Amazing. It's your idea. It's my idea. Just because Kona doesn't have just one show you can watch where you can find out all the insider gossip and all the news and what's going on on the ground. And I felt like you were the perfect guy to do it with me because we're both kind of around doing media stuff and talking to pro athletes and everybody. We're talking to everybody all the time. Yeah. So we'll find out what's going on. We'll talk to them and we'll bring all of those clips and stuff and throw them in the show. Absolutely. So when people have gone to watch Kona in the past, uh, they see race day, but they don't see what happens in race week. And everyone wants to be here in race week. And I think what we're going to try to do is give those people that are here who are resting in their hotel rooms something to watch. Yes. And for those people that aren't here, we're going to bring them up to speed with what it's like to be in Kona. Yes, exactly. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to do... A show a day in race week. Yeah. We're going to do a show after race day as yeah, well. after race day with all the, again, the things you didn't see yeah. on fa- on Facebook Live. Where you can just watch our Facebook on, on Live Feisty Facebook or yep. on Fitter Radio Facebook. Yep. And you'll see all the behind, well, I can't promise all the behind the scenes things. Cause no, but we're going to attempt to. We're going to try our very best for the people at home. And now yes. we're very lucky to be supported by Wahoo. Yes. So Wahoo... We're supported by Wahoo. We're going to be we have a studio in the Wadi Wahoo house, yep. which is going to be amazing. So you can come visit us there if you're on the ground in Kona. So on Alihi Drive, somewhere around Magic Sounds, look out for the Wadi Inc. house because that's where we're going to be based exactly, out of. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And also Athletica Rewards. Yeah, are um, sponsoring us. Is sponsoring as well. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so... We've seen the shit unfold here on race day. We're also going to be able to show what happened uh, on the big island come race day as well. So we're not just here doing gossip stuff. There's going to be some hard-hitting news stories to go along with it. There'll be some real information as well for anyone who (laughs) likes actual information about about, (laughs) about riding bikes in the wind and stuff like that. And stuff like that and lycra. (laughs) Right, and lycra. Okay, so I'm pretty excited about this uh, partnership. Um, We think there's nothing like this going around at the moment, so it's groundbreaking. Totally groundbreaking like you've never seen before. Okay, so tune in, go to our Facebook pages, Fitter and Live Feisty. You're going to be able to find out more about it, but make sure you share it. 
Yes, make sure you share it. And it's videos, right? Yeah, videos. Did we, did we even say that? Yeah, These are videos, people. You can watch what's yeah, going on. This is like the, the televised version of literally qualifying for Kona if you haven't qualified before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> watch our show and you will qualify for Kona. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, is that an overpromise? <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I step over? <laughs> yeah, well, that's not a money-back guarantee. But there you go, people. So tune in, and we'll put up more information on our Facebook pages to find out what's going on. Awesome. High five. Haley, between the Fitter and Feisty Kona Daily News Show, the coverage, and that will be on the Live Feisty Facebook page, from the coverage on the Iron Women Facebook page from Ashley and Taylor all week, it's going to be like the big island is in your living room. If you're trying to follow along, I think people aren't going to have any FOMO this year because Live Feisty is really bringing so much of the action to them. It's it's incredible. There's always going to be something to watch. And so people, we definitely encourage you to check out the, the Iron Woman Facebook page, the Live Feisty Facebook page, and the Iron Woman Instagram accounts for interviews and commentary happening every day. But we do also have a interview this week and it is a Kona themed interview but if you've ever raced in Brazil there's a good chance you've run into Ana Lydia Borba. Ana had a successful age group and pro racing career. She even led off the bike at her hometown race Ironman Brazil in 2014 and as an athlete Ana really made a name for herself as a true ambassador of the sport. When I raced Challenge Florianopolis in 2014, Ana actually translated the entire pro meeting from Portuguese to English for me, while simultaneously translating to Spanish for another athlete. So yes, you heard that right. She went above and beyond translating the pro meeting into two different languages just to make sure the playing field was equal for all of her competitors. In 2016, Anna launched Flow's Journal, an endurance sport-focused website and media company that covers races in Brazil as well as the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. She also hosts, hosts the Casa do Brasil, or Brazil House, as a home base for Brazilian athletes in Kona and anyone else who wants to stop by and pick up some of the professional athlete playing cards that are always one of the hottest items in Kona. In addition to creating stunning photographic, video, and digital content, Anna is an expert in all things professional triathlon. That's why Alyssa and I are very excited to have her join us today to talk about Kona and give us a little preview of what she expects from this year's Ironman World Championships professional women's race. We'll have our chat with Anna right after the break. The Iron Woman podcast is proud to be supported by Zelio Skincare. Zelio's products are designed and tested by champion triathletes like myself. I know I can count on their high quality and long lasting ingredients to stand the test of the hottest, sweatiest days when I'm racing and training. Have the peace of mind to perform at your best without worrying about your skin and hair products. The products you won't want to train or compete without include Sun Barrier SPF 45, Betwixt All Natural Chamois Cream, Swim and Sport Shower Products, and Body Lotion. You can get 20% off at teamzelios.com by using the code IRONWOMEN. Yep, you heard it right. Get 20% off your Zelios order with the code IRONWOMEN at teamzelios.com. This is Haley, and I've spent most of my swimming career squinting at pace clocks or trying to catch a glimpse of my watch during intervals. If you're like me and love knowing your swim splits but hate finding a clock, there's a better way. 
Form Swim Goggles are the first premium goggles with a smart display that shows your metrics while you swim. You heard that right. Form Goggles have a see-through display in one of the eye cups so you can see your splits, pace, distance, or any other metric right in front of you. I've done a few workouts with the Form Swim Goggles and the coolest thing is once you press start, the goggles actually know when you're swimming and when you're resting. There's no need to press another button until you finish your workout. Want to learn more? Head to formswim.com. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi. Hi, Haley. Hi, Alyssa. Thanks for inviting me. So first, we need to ask how you're doing because you're talking to us just one day after covering the Ironman 70.3 race in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil for your own media outlet, Flow's Journal. So how was the race? Well, it was wet. Very, very wet. Like we had like six hours of rain nonstop and it was a bit chilly. Well, you know, it's uh, winter here in Brazil, uh, now actually spring, but it was winter to yesterday and we had a like light rain all day and was quite chilly, but it was nice race. Uh, it was quite nice, nice race, especially for Pamela who won for the third time. Those wet races, I think are definitely the hardest. And like you see pictures and you just feel for everyone out there who's like braving the cold. And so for media, yeah, I guess you guys don't really get a break. So it's tough. Yeah, I guess we always feel for the athletes, and but no one thinks of us, of the media. Sorry for us. But, I mean, we were out there in the motorcycles for, like, hours and, like, soaking wet. Uh, all my equipment is now uh, at the balcony trying to get some sun on and get um, dry again, and I lost the camera. So, a tough day of coverage, but okay. Oh, well, sorry about the camera, but I guess it's – maybe, maybe you should just take it with you to your next destination where it could potentially dry out a little bit because <laughs> this is a busy time of year because next you're headed to Ironman world championships in Kona, where you and the flows journal team host the Casa de Brazil house. And in past years, you featured guest speakers like Tim Don and Sarah true. And you're the creative genius behind the professional athlete playing cards that are one of the hottest items in Kona every year. So can we expect more of the same from you this year? Yeah, we've had Haley Churro over as well. Yes, we yes. The, the other great speaker, the other great speaker, the one who didn't quite make the Olympic team, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I did enjoy talking at the, at the Brazil house in Hawaii. It's pretty, it was a cool night. It was really cool. Yeah, this project is the one we launched Flow's Journal with uh, back in 2018. Uh, so every year we have a house in Kona where we host the athletes for daily uh, like question and answer events with pro athletes, draws, and like a party at the end after the Ironman race where we award the best Brazilian athletes in Kona because it's not every year we have Brazilian athletes in a pod on the podium. So they have their own ceremony. And it's pretty nice. And the cards, well, yeah, uh, they've become quite a success in Kona, and we have them this year again, and they're super cool. Those playing cards are always a hot item on social media, so we're excited to see the 2019 version. But Anna, you raced as a professional for many years, and you are a true student of the sport. So we really want to get your take on how this year's race in Kona might play out. So I want to start with the obvious big question. Do you think Daniela Reef will get her fifth consecutive Ironman World Championship title? Unless something very, very strange happens, yes. I mean, there's, she's 
nearly unbeatable right now. And she hasn't even showed her full potential this year, not even at the 70.3 Worlds, probably. Like, she didn't bike as hard as she can at the 70.3 Worlds in Nice. She waited for the descent to attack. So, I mean, she's, she has a margin for, like, errors and mistakes and still winning this race, probably, even though we have uh, Lucy and Anne Hogg and, and you know, many other girls. But, I mean, Daniela is probably uh, on a different level. And Anna, nine of the top 10 athletes from Kona 2018 are actually returning to the race for this year, including the women who joined Daniela on the podium. You mentioned Lucy Charles Barclay and Ann Haug. So who of them or of the others do you think are going to be Daniela's biggest challengers though? Kind of hopefully eliminating, you know, that margin for error that she has to make it, make it a good day to watch. Um, first, I have to say, I still think it's a good day to watch anyway, because even if they can't challenge Daniela for real, uh, it's still like an amazing performance from one girl and an amazing fight per second in worst case scenario. But I do think Anne Hogg and Lucy Charles are the obvious challengers, but I'd like to see the role of Laura Phillip, even though she's coming back from injury, she can make quite a difference on the bike. And there's also Sutter Crowley and, of course, Sarah True that are major contenders as well. And I think actually the women might have to play like team-wise against Daniela. I mean, that they can make a difference by riding in a group, making a group effort, and then, I don't know, on the run, uh, whoever has a better day can, can try and beat Daniela. And we do have a few Kona rookies that should be worth watching this year. Imogen Simmons just finished a very impressive third place at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. Laura Phillip, who you just mentioned, she skipped the 70.3 Worlds as she recovered from injury. But her 8.34 debut at Ironman Barcelona definitely showed she has some potential at the distance. And then Sky Monch, who has been on a tear lately with wins at the Ironman European Championships in Frankfurt and Boulder 70.3. So last year, we saw two Kona rookies inside the top five. Could we see that again this year? Probably, yes. I, I think uh, Imogen is, like, showing superb form. Her race at the 70.3 Awards was amazing, and it was, like, second in a row for last year. She was also very well. She did very well at 70.3 Awards as well. And Laura Phillip obviously, obviously is a strong contender. Sky had a superb race in Frankfurt where she, like, teared the, the field apart on the bike. So, yes, I think we can see some rookies not only challenging for the top five, but also making a huge difference on the race and how it develops, I think. And so we've mentioned Laura Phillip a few times now, skipping the world, the world championships for 70.3 as she recovered from her injury. We have ITU star Barbara Riveros, who's been recovering from a torn plantar fascia and three-time Kona champ and last year's fifth place finisher, Marinda Carfrey, announced just like breaking news this week that she broke her elbow after falling on a run in early September. So we are recording this interview a few weeks before race day. So a lot can change between now and then, but do you think it's possible for these women to still have great race days with these less than ideal preparation conditions? Like how much time I guess, is there really at this point? 
it's kind of hard, like when you have a, an injury so close to a major race like this. But I mean, Mirinda has such a background in Kona, and the swim is not her like best strength anyway. So, and she always depends on her running. So, if her running form is good, she's still going to make a difference on race day. Uh, Laura Phillip, well, yeah, she might try and use this race maybe as a learning experience for following seasons, maybe, and might still have a good race. I don't know how she can run these days after the injury, but uh, especially for Barbara, it's quite sad because she depends a lot on her run. She's an ITU athlete. She swims and runs very well, but she's very tiny, not a lot of power on the bike. So uh, unfortunately, she won't be able to show us her run, but I hope this is not the last time she qualifies for Kona. I, I hope to see her again in Kona in following years and maybe this is a very good opportunity for her to learn from the island and the race dynamics the heat and all the factors that are so big in Kona very good point that experience does count and sometimes it is it's about going there seeing what it's like and then planning for future years and someone who's had a lot of great history on the big island is Caroline Steffen she's finished at the runner-up in Kona twice in 2010 and 2012 but she's taken several years away from the Big Island and the Ironman distance, but she's back again this year. So do you think Caroline could be a factor in this race? Well, she certainly can, even though it's been a, quite a while. Um, well, she's been away for like seven years now. Uh, she's a very good swimmer and cyclist, and she's very strong and very experienced in the, in the Kona race itself. So... Of course, she can be one of those girls on the bike that can, uh, you know, try and have uh, unite a group to, you know, the women's race is becoming a lot more similar to the men's race in the past couple of years. And Caroline Stephens is one of the girls that can put a group to ride together and, you know, change a little bit the dynamics of the race. And we've mentioned American Sarah True, who's going to be racing this year. She finished fourth in her Kona debut last year. And in the year since, she's had a little bit of a rough time just even qualifying for her return trip to the Big Island. She collapsed from apparent heat exhaustion on the marathon at both Ironman Cannes and Ironman Frankfurt. So she did finally get her slot with a second-place finish in Tremblant in mid-August. Kona will be Sarah's fourth Ironman start in just four months. And I, I want to say in 2018, Rachel Joyce had kind of a similar, you know, was it three or four, I guess, going into Kona? I think it was similar. Um, like it was her fourth. Kona was her fourth yeah. in 2017. Yeah. So do you think for Sarah this year, do you, do you think we'll see her race as well as 2018 or will the qualifying schedule and, um, you know, just her, her issues at Cannes and Frankfurt, are they just going to take her its toll for this year? Uh, I think she's probably a little bit tired. Uh, I think it showed in Mont Tremblant. I hope she had some time to rest after the race properly because she didn't need any more training or, you know, uh, race pace efforts, let's say. Even that last year in Kona, she, at the end of the run, she wasn't aware of what's going, what was going on anymore. She was like, she had the, the same issues she showed in Cairns and Frankfurt. And I hope she had... Uh, she took this time from Tremblant to sort those things out. And she's a tremendous athlete, and I'm really rooting for her. And I hope she has a great day on, uh, like, come October 12th. She's probably going to be a little bit tired, but, I mean, it's Kona. It's a world championship. Anybody will take whatever is left in the tank to have, like, a really good race, and I hope she has one.
And some athletes actually choose to race close to Kona. And we've seen several women line up for full Ironman distance races in the month leading up to the world championships. Lindsay Corbin took the win at Ironman Wisconsin. Laura Siddle finished third at Ironman Wales, also coming off a broken collarbone. And Maureen Hoof was also third at Ironman Italy just three weeks before Kona. So what do you think of this strategy of these women who, who actually like to do an Ironman as part of their build into Kona? Well, from my own experience, I like to do either race or a big, big training day three, three weeks uh, before the, the major race of the year. Like I used to do a triple Olympic training day on like on this day, like 4.5, actually 150 or to 160K on the bike and 30K on the run. So I think what, what they've done is both qualify for Kona next year, which is like uh, uh, something that will give them uh, one less cause of distress on race day because they don't have to do like super well to be there again next year. Uh, but also we're talking about very experienced athletes, Marine Hoof and Lindsay Corby. They, they've always raced super well in Kona when compared to their other races uh, year round. And Lindsay has tried a different, a number of different approaches and just tried the program a month before uh, Kona and it's worked for her. So I don't think we have like, we will never see like a rookie try something like that probably. But for these girls, I think they're quite conscious of uh, the impact of, the, of that race on, on their Kona performance. And it's probably a good last trial for, for, their, for their Kona race. And Anna, 2019 is the first year of the Kona slot system for professionals of qualif- who are qualifying, which means that athletes could qualify with a single good performance rather than accumulating points over the season, which was the system that had been used for a few years previously. So according to our friend, Torsten Rad at tryrating.com, aside from the exceptions we just mentioned, we have seen athletes racing fewer Ironman distance races. Do you think overall we might see fresher athletes? and maybe better world championship performances this year? I think that this might happen, especially in the women's field, because uh, for the previous 10 years, when we had the KPR system, women tended to race a lot more than the men. We used to see women racing two, three Ironmans on average before Kona, and men would do one, one to two. So that fall in the number of average races, I think, comes mostly from the men. So I do think we're going to see fresher women on the start line. On the other hand, I have to point out that we'll be missing Pamela Oliveira on the start line, for example, because of the new system. Pamela was fourth at the Ironman 7.3 World Championships last year. She was second to Sarah Piampiano in a very close race here in Brazil in May. She won a number of 7.3 races, including the South American Championships. So if it were for the ranking, she would be um, uh, top 15 probably, and she won't be racing Kona because of the new system. So maybe Ironman should think of something in between, like automatic qualifying for the champions and a ranking or, I don't know, point system for the for the other athletes maybe. I agree. I think 
you know, this is the first year of this system and, and it obviously could use some tweaking because an athlete like Pamela does, you know, she would add to the race in Kona and it would be make that race even more exciting. So hopefully they're collecting the data from this year and they are going to, you know, make some changes. We've seen, they're not afraid to make changes. So hopefully this will make some changes going forward. Is there anyone else you think is missing, you know, who, who would have benefited from the point system that, you know, would be nice to see in Kona this year? Angela Nays. I, she was so close. It was a, a pity that she couldn't qualify with all the injuries. And she tried to the last minute in Ironman Copenhagen. And I, I think she, well, she was top 10 last year and will miss her performance again this year. I, I guess these are the two main players that I'll miss in the Kona race this year. And I got to say, uh, I used to race back in the day where we had this system. So it was quite, quite a change when they started the KPR system in, I don't know, 2010 or 2011 or something. I mean, after a while, and except for the part that women tended to race so much because of the point system, because of the different number of slots for women and men, it was okay because it rewarded consistency. Uh, so top three, top five performances were really rewarded with the, with the ranking system. Yes, equal slots, and I I appreciate being rewarded for consistency when I was uh, when I was racing the Ironman distance and fighting for those Kona points. So I agree. I, I hope you know Ironman is taking a step back and evaluating the system and po- possibly making some changes going forward. But going back to kind of this year's race and actually last year's race, but the 2018 race made history because there was mild wind and lower than average temperatures that led to record setting times in nearly every discipline. So I'm guessing the chances of those kind of conditions repeating in 2019 are pretty slim. How do you think a hot and windy day that's more typical of Kona could change this year's race? Well, first, I've heard something this weekend that the Mauna Kea Volcano is getting lower. And that's one of the reasons why the winds are getting milder and the timbers are getting lower. So we might see a little bit of consistency in this uh, weather change in Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, it's just something I heard this weekend from a geography. Besides that, we've seen that it really makes a difference uh, when someone can run. So the best runners in the heat are the ones that are are normally uh, taking advantage of very hot and very windy weather. This would probably mean some advantage for Enhog. I'd say maybe Kaisa Sali again. She did very well in in those conditions a couple of years back. Sarah Crowley has raced well in the heat as well. And Heather Jackson is always a factor as well. Uh, She didn't have a great race last year, but... It's someone that can ride and run really well in the heat. So maybe I think those were the different players that would probably come up in a, in a slower race scenario. Okay. So now is when we all need to give our podium picks for first, second, and third place, and also select a dark mare or dark horse athlete who might be flying under the radar going into race day, but who can make a surprise appearance in that top 10 or even top five finish positions. So Anna, let's start with you. Who are your podium and dark mare picks? Okay. Podium, obvious choices. Uh, I go with, um, Daniela Reeve, Lucy Charles and Hogg. Same podium as last year. Yeah. Um, well, 
we've had some repeats in Kona. Um, so it would be quite fair, I, I think, from what they've shown year long. And a dark mare, I'd say Imogen Simmons. That would be uh, my bet for the top five or even the top three. What about you, girls? Haley, I'll let you go. Okay, I think mine are kind. I mean, I'm like, I'm getting. It's hard. It's hard. This is actually quite hard, but it's hard to bet against Daniela Reef for the win. So I picked her for the win. I picked Lucy Charles Barclay for the second, which I know, again, not very original, but Lucy's had a great season and she does race well on Kona. And then third, I got a little creative. I picked Laura Phillip. So Kona rookie. I think she's going in pretty fresh after skipping the 70.3 worlds and she was on a tear early in the year. So I think she has that potential. My dark mare, I actually want to pick Daniela Blamel, the German athlete who has handed Lucy one of her few losses in Roth last year. Daniela did not race Kona last year and she's had some, you know, some ups and downs, but uh, you know, I think maybe this could be her year for a good time in Kona. Picking a German in Kona is always means she's going to be off the bike, probably, you know, towards the front of the race. So, um, we can expect to see it come down to a foot race for that. But my picks are pretty similar for the podium. I am going with Daniela. I think like I just, yeah, you can't really bet against her yet. She's just, she's in her prime and this is, these are, you know, her conditions. She clearly does well in, but second I'm going with Anne. So I'm mixing up the order a little bit because when I did, I raced with Anne in Copenhagen. She looked quite comfortable running what she ran there. And I know she's taken some downtime just to kind of make sure she's healed up and ready to go for her race on the big Island. So I think she's going to be in really good form, um, there. And then I have Lucy Charles Barkley for third rounding out the post podium. And my dark mare is going to be Jocelyn McCauley. I think Jocelyn's been talking a big game on social media and she definitely has had her eyes on the prize. And, you know, when she historically has kind of put herself up in those positions, you know, she puts herself out there. She's not afraid to do that. And I think it's paid off for her. I think she gets confidence from that. Um, I've seen, she's been training in Texas with Hannah Wells, who's very strong athlete and is probably great to have around for the Kona prep. And, you know, we know Jocelyn's going to be going, going for it. And with a lot of young people, I think like, you know, Anna, I think you're right. Like someone like Caroline, who's a veteran, right. And has so much experience, she's really going to help people like sky and Jocelyn. And, you know, I mean, I know Jocelyn's raced there a couple of times, but really, I think come together and uh, race smarter, hopefully, you know, race, you know, not like a team, but a little bit more together to put themselves in the best position to run for those top five, you know, top three spots, because it is Kona and anything can happen. And I'm excited to be out there and watch it all unfold on the queen K. Yeah, that would be awesome. Actually, I want to make uh, ask you girls a, a question then. Uh, I know Alisa's uh, question was answered already, but I always pick the Joker card in the Kona cards to be someone with a chance to be the top American at race. So who would be your picks for the Joker? I, Alisa, Jocelyn? Ooh, it would... <sighs> Jocelyn and Heather, that would be tough. But I think since I picked Jocelyn for this, I'm, I'm going all in on Jocelyn. So she would be my top American. I feel like Jocelyn and the Joker does fit. Like, I feel like, you know, like, I mean, not that she's a Joker, but like, again, like she puts herself out there. She is fearless. And I think she's either going to do extremely well or she's going to, you know, go down in flames trying what you have to admire. And I think kind of personifies that that Joker. I think Sky Monch, I mean, 
Sky raced well in Frankfurt where it was really hot. I think, you know, she raced really well in Santa Cruz um, a few weeks ago, beat Heather. And I know it was a 70.3, but I still feel like, you know, she's she's obviously in good form. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I don't envy you having to pick the, your Joker card, but I, that's cool. I did never realize that the Joker had that significance. I know. Is that a little, like, backhanded, like, thing for America? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a home race, so we had to give some preference for the Americans, especially because there are, there are like 21 pros in the pro field from the United States, so we had to give them some room in the cards. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, here we chose uh, Sarah True, who I think best personifies the Joker, and we got it right. And this year, you want to know who it is? Yeah, yeah. Can you give that to us? I mean, is that okay? I mean, well, this will come out. You'll probably have be. When are you going to Kona? When are you getting there? Um, I'll be Kona from October first. But well, I won't show you the card anyway, so I can tell you that I totally agree with Alyssa. All right. And it's Jocelyn McCarthy this year, especially because I mean she went out pretty hard on the on the social media game, and I don't think she would do that if she didn't really believe that the the race in Texas wasn't by accident. So yeah, let's see what she can do in Kona. That is awesome. If anyone wants these cards, how do they get them? Uh, well, so we have the Brazilian house in Kona. Um, you can stop by. Um, we'll be at the pier as well, mostly every day, and all the big events in Kona will be covering. So we'll be at the Hoala Swim, the Path 5K, 5K and 10K, the Parade of Nations, the Iron Kids Race, the, underp the Underpants Run, and we'll be using a T-shirt, clearly showing Casa do Brasil in Kona. You can uh, look for me and ask for a set of cards. We can get you uh, uh, paired out with a set of cards. That is quite the schedule. Um, well, thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for coming on. We can't wait to follow all of yours, um, all of your, you know, social media from Kona, Flow's Journal, Casa do, Bra do Brazil. And um, thank you again for coming on the show and best of luck to you. Well, thank you very much. Um, see you soon, Alisa. Yeah, and we have a great race in Kona this year. And... Well, after that, let's see who, who got it right. <laughs> this is Alyssa, and as a triathlete, I am all about efficiency. That's why I'm excited that VeloFix is now a part of the Live Feisty community. VeloFix is North America's largest mobile bike shop fleet, and they know that your most valuable asset is time. VeloFix will meet you wherever you are at in your day so you don't miss a beat. Or if you have some time, you can hang out in the mobile bike shop and enjoy a complimentary cup of coffee to learn about the service being done. Interested? Here's how it works. Head to velofix.com or call 1-855-VELOFIX, set your appointment, and the local VeloFix technician will come directly to you. Book your service today using promo code FEISTY so they know you're an Iron Women listener. The first 100 listeners to book today using promo code FEISTY will receive a major tune for the price of a minor tune. Again, that's velofix.com and promo code FEISTY to enhance your bike service experience today. Alyssa, I have one fun fact about Anna that wasn't mentioned during our interview, and she is actually a professionally trained chef, and she makes possibly the world's best caipirinhas. Ooh, I wonder if she'll be cooking those at the Brazil house. I'll have to stop by and... <laughs> 
Do you know what a caipirinha is? No. Is that something you cook? <laughs> I'm still recording this because it's I a, think this is going to be good. It's like a, a Brazilian, it's like a Brazilian adult beverage. It's a cocktail. Oh. <laughs> you said she was a chef, didn't you? You chefs yeah, make cocktails. I mean, she does it all. That's how talented she is. She gives us our race previews she takes photos she makes videos she makes drinks she could probably cook cook you something okay well i'll show up to the brazil house fully fed and interested in a cocktail from anna lydia because now i'm definitely gonna have to try this and i definitely want to pick up some of the playing cards so i think that's gonna be a, a top priority well Big thank you to uh, everyone who is supporting us in, in Kona, especially Wahoo, who is helping power all of our Kona coverage. You can catch that on the Live Feisty Facebook page and the Iron Women Facebook page, Iron Women Instagram page. There's a lot of coverage coming to you this week. And of course, thank you as always to our community of patrons. If you are interested in supporting the content that we bring you week after week, you can head to patreon.com forward slash live feisty to become a patron. And that will go directly to supporting us on the podcast. And we appreciate that very much. Aloha, Alyssa. Safe travels. Bye, Haley. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, like, and comment on iTunes. My favorite podcast hosts are Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. My favorite editor is Aaron Hamilton. The Iron Women Podcast is a Live Feisty Media production.